Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Project Life Mastery Podcast. I'm Stefan James, founder of ProjectLifeMastery.com, internet entrepreneur and life coach with a passion for living life to the fullest and fulfilling my potential as a human being. My purpose for this podcast is to be a powerful and passionate example of the unlimited possibilities that life offers for any of us that has the courage to commit ourselves to life mastery while sharing ideas, concepts, and strategies that can help you master every area of your life, from your health, mindset, emotions, business, finances, relationships, and spirituality. Now, if you're someone like me that is hungry to take their life to the next level, then you're in the right place. Welcome, and let's begin. Hey, everyone. This is Stefan James from Project Life Mastery, and I'm here right now with Alan Brower. He's someone who's built an eight-figure business in 24 months. Uh, he's the founder of The Self Journal, which we'll share with you guys a little bit. I'll link to that below for you. But it's a journal that helps you plan your day and be more productive. Uh, he's won the Shopify Build a Business competition twice in a row. He's the only person that's done that. He's been in the Forbes 30 Under 30 list. I mean, you have so many incredible accomplishments. And uh, you know, we're talking about you know, the businesses you invest in and you're such an incredible entrepreneur, so Thank I know you. you've got an inspiring story that I want to share with you guys, my audience, and the journey that Alan's been through and some of the lessons he's learned along the way. So yeah. I just want to say thanks, man, for taking the time. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm really excited about this, and thank you for the great intro. No problem. Yeah. Um, how did this all start for you? How did you become, I guess, an entrepreneur and, I guess, get to this point where you are today? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. So I became an entrepreneur um, by choice because... I was actually climbing the corporate ladder, and as I was climbing the corporate ladder, uh, I was working out of state. I was working in uh, in South Carolina, and I was born and raised in New Jersey, so my entire family was still in New Jersey. And uh, my mom ended up getting sick, and the the company that I was working for, I was doing the marketing for uh, for uh, the entire North North American market uh, for this company, and uh, they granted me 24 hours. No PTO. So it was like a grace period. You don't have to use any PTO, but you can get 24 hours to go home and see your mom. I said, thank you so much. Went home, saw my mom. And during my 24 hours there, I felt obligated to the company because they weren't like, I wasn't using a PTO day. So I ended up spending most of my time there answering emails, pushing projects along, uh, making sure all the responsibilities that I had in that company were were being followed through on. Went back to South Carolina and it turned out that would be the last time that I ever saw my mom. So uh, 
I, I felt horrible about myself for a long time, saying, how could I, you know, how could I be so uh, not present when my mom, when I was there with my mom, and uh, it was actually really hard. Then I started holding some resentment towards the company that I was working with. How dare they only give me 24 hours? This is ridiculous. I'm going to start creating uh, life on my own terms, and that's when I found entrepreneurship and uh, decided to jump into into business, really. Um, so that's what spawned me to get into entrepreneurship. Yeah, so what was your first business? So my first business was a consultancy. So I knew digital marketing. I was doing digital marketing for North America uh, for a, a large yacht manufacturer. And um, uh, I started helping small businesses uh, do customer acquisition, lead generation, that sort of stuff. Okay. Um, and it was okay, but it was more like uh, feast and famine uh, consultancy work. So doing a lot on my own. And, um, and then from there, I met my business partner, Catherine, and we started the, an Amazon business where we would take products from China, um, white label them, do a rebrand, and then launch them on Amazon. And Catherine had a design background and my background was marketing, so it paired very well together. And we did that and we became very successful. I ended up just not working on the consultancy anymore and just focusing on that. And it was really good. And then I went on honeymoon, on a honeymoon with my wife. And during the honeymoon, I was sitting at my honeymoon answering customer inquiries, working on the business, checking inventory, making sure things were, you know, moving along. And I realized, oh my gosh, I did the same exact thing. I painted myself into this corner again where I'm a slave to the company. And uh, it was almost like a deja vu moment all over again. It was crazy. Wow. And and so what, you know, what I guess caused that? Because I think a lot of people, they get into business to create freedom for themselves, right? And then they end up, I guess, sometimes down that rabbit hole where their business consumes them, they don't have freedom, and you know, they're responding to all the demands and putting out fires. Um, I guess, what, what do you think got you to that point where um, on your honeymoon you're so consumed by your business? Uh, I think we, we early on didn't realize what levers we could pull as business owners in order to remove ourselves from the business, right? So we ended up becoming slaves to the company and really built this invisible jail cell around ourselves. Um, and it, it's, it was early entrepreneurship. So you don't know everything early on. You're sort of just trying to figure it out yourself. You don't know about systems and SOPs. You don't know about hiring people. And if you do hire people, you know, you're probably not very good at it. And you get burned a couple times and then it puts a sour taste in your mouth. Um, or the people that you do hire are sort of VAs who are, are hard to manage remotely, and, and that's a skill in, in a, of itself, managing people remotely. Yeah. So. yeah, and so when, I guess when you first started on Amazon, was it just trying a few different products, or did you find that the, the self-journal, was that your first one that you guys ventured with, or no. what was that journey? So, great question. So, uh, the Amazon business was called Fishbone Ventures, and uh, the reason we uh, came up with Fishbone Ventures was because we were at Fishbone Grill, uh, and we came up with this idea to start this company. So that's how uh, that name came about. But we didn't start with the self-journal. What we started with was salt and pepper mills. Right. And uh, that was our first product that came out. And then we went into home and kitchen supplies. 
so spatulas, um, garlic presses. Um, so yeah, like the home and home niche. Yeah. So how did I guess you eventually find the self journal? So with the self journal, the self journal came about organically because uh, both Catherine and I were working remotely, and we were sort of solopreneurs running this joint venture together, and we needed to be more productive in our day. So I used a blank moleskin and crafted out an ideal formula for me where my goals were in front of me on a daily basis that I could write down. So to uh, hit that reticular activating system of writing down your goals every day, structuring your day in a 30-minute segment to be really intentional with your time, uh, and then areas for gratitude in the morning and in the evening so positivity can you know bookend the day. Um, and I couldn't really find anything out there in a day planner form that did that. Some did it well in like uh, the five minute journal for starting your day on the right foot, but I needed something that could, could continue with me throughout the day. So that's what it was and um, ended up going to a co-working space to work with Catherine and I pull it out and I'm like, all right, here's everything that we need to do today to get done. She's like, oh, what is that? I'm like, oh, well, this is how I like structure my day and and then we ended up launching that product on Kickstarter, right. and uh, that took off. Oh, wow. Yeah. Do you mind sharing how, much, how well you guys did with that? Yeah, so in about 34 days, we raised $323,000, wow. uh, sold over 10,000 units, um, and it was incredible. That's amazing. Yeah. So you first started this product just for solving your own problem, yes. right? And then you put it out there, and there's a huge demand for it. And then I guess once you launched it, uh, the Kickstarter, then you launched it on Amazon, and then did you eventually, because I know, you know you're big on Shopify too, at what point, I guess, did you, did you launch it on Shopify, or what was the, I guess, what was that transition, or what, what did you start with to get to, to where you are now? Sure, so uh, after the Kickstarter ended, we spent uh, three months, because we needed to wait for the inventory to arrive, but we waited uh, for those three months we custom developed um, a Shopify store, made it really like super clean. We took a, took a theme and just totally tore it from the ground up and redesigned it. Uh, and it was funny, the day after our Kickstarter ended, Shopify announced the Build a Business competition. So it was like a no-brainer for us to say, okay, let's start this business on Shopify and also give us time to prep and get ready for inventory. Awesome. Yeah. So do you mind sharing just about the Shopify competition? Like what was the criteria for that and how did you end up winning it? Yeah, so the criteria for that, it, is, it has to be a new business. Uh, they take about eight or nine months. I forget the exact time frame. Uh, but they track anybody who starts a business in that time frame. And because they can pull all the data off of the store, uh, they can see who has the highest level of growth. And then there's different categories. So one's like apparel, others uh, jewelry and other stuff like that or accessories, tech. Um, and we won one of the, ca- uh, the categories, People's Choice, which was really fun. And all they do is uh, track growth from when you started to growth to when the competition closes out. And then they can easily see the winners. That's amazing. Yeah. So, you know, you built, you know, eight figures in 24 months. Mm-hmm. Pretty incredible. I'd love to hear, you know, what kind of challenges or adversity did you face along the way? I'm sure there must have been a lot in scaling to that level that fast. Yeah. Uh, you'll definitely hit some challenges. Uh, big ones are uh, logistics, so uh, managing inventory from your manufacturers, uh, getting them on ships and containers, and, and getting them those ships over to your fulfillment centers. 
we ran into an inventory where an inventory issue where we had promised our Kickstarter backers the the product by a certain date, um, and we gave us ourselves three months, but it wasn't enough time. So if you ever launch a Kickstarter and promise a uh, like a due date of when this thing's going to arrive, just give yourself a little bit of more of a buffer. Um, so we were struggling to hit that that due date, and the freight forwarding company that we used put us on a carrier ship that went all the way around the world and made us like 60 days late on delivery. So at 2 a.m., we're on the phone with our manufacturer over in China and trying to figure out what boat and what container ship we can put this on. And we ended up getting our container off of that boat and onto a new boat that had a shorter delivery run. So we got like a crash course in logistics uh, overnight. Did that backfire quite a bit with the customers? Like, did you have to deal with a lot of damage control around that, or no? They were actually very understanding because we were in constant communication with them on what's happening, where we were in the production life cycle, where we were in our shipping life cycle. Uh, so they were abreast of everything, even the challenges that we faced. Awesome. Yeah. And so, I, you know, when you first started this, was it you and Catherine, or at what point did you start hiring people to help support you guys in this growth? Yeah, the first hire that we made, first real hire, was customer service. So Catherine has the the design background, I've got the marketing background, and we didn't really uh, have anybody to handle customer inquiries or questions or anything like that. And you don't want a guy from New Jersey answering customers because you're very short and blunt and uh, there's a a few uh, choice words in there sometimes. So (laughs) uh, I was quickly removed from customer service and we needed to bring somebody in. So uh, that was our first real hire. Yeah, and then what you guys, like, I guess, what was the, the progress of building your team after that? Progress from building the team after that was we actually created a system. Uh, we, we learned uh, early on that hiring friends, uh, other aspiring entrepreneurs, probably wasn't the best move because by the time you get them up to speed, and that takes about three months, they say, thank you, now I'm going to go and start my own right. business. Right. Yeah. Uh, I could see by the smirk on your face that you've been there before. (laughs) But um, uh, what we ended up doing was creating a a hiring funnel and a hiring system that was working on autopilot for us so we could actually focus on the business and not take our foot off the pedal and deal with hiring or reading resumes or anything like that. Um, There's a, a... so the best way to describe it is have a funnel where you bring in candidates on a consistent basis, uh, whether you need them or not. So when you do need them, you have a pool of people that you can tap into immediately. That makes sense. Yeah. So you know we're here at SellerCon right now, and you're speaking tomorrow about scaling your business. And I know many people watching this, they have a business, they're looking to scale it and grow it. Um, any tips or advice on what you know you could tell someone that can help them scale? Tips or advice to scale? Well. Um, Anything you might be sharing tomorrow that might be be valuable for that? Okay, so for tomorrow, um, so there's three ways to grow a a business. There's only three. It's increasing the number of customers that you're getting, increasing the amount that those customers pay you, or average order value, increasing that, and increasing the frequency at which they purchase from you, so increasing the repurchase rate. There's a way that you can do all three of those with, one simple method, and that's called skew widening. So with skew widening, rather than go out there and find a product, 
um, and then develop that product and then sell it to one market and then hopefully they buy it and that's the last time that they purchase and then you go back to find another product, sell it to another market and hopefully that's one time that they purchase. What you do is you create a formula where you have products A, B, and C. Product A, pro- A, A products are standalone products. This is a way for you to bring in other demographics that you normally wouldn't tap into. B products are complementary products that right. elevate product A. So now you're, you're, you're increasing the number of customers that are coming in, and now you're increasing the amount that they're paying because you're adding complementary products to it. Product C are ancillary or extension products, and those are for your brand loyalists. So that's like swag, T-shirts, hoodies, but you're not going to build a brand off of those companies. It's only after you establish the brand or off of those products. It's only after you establish the brand that you can launch those products. Got it. So I guess, how does someone decide when to scale and maybe launch new products like that? Uh, I would do it sooner than later uh, because what happens is you're going to see that a majority of your business is on one product. And you're going to have all these other products, but they're not doing as good uh, or as well as the other product. And you're basically building your business out of a house of cards, where if one falls, the whole thing crumbles. And we actually ran out of inventory on the self-journal back in 2017 uh, when we were scaling. We did like 300% growth that year, and we just blasted through that, that inventory. And it was our flagship product, and it scared us. And we said, okay, we need a better way to develop products in a systematized way that allows us to bring in other customers that doesn't keep us locked in or handcuffed to just a one product business. Um, So the sooner that you can implement uh, bringing in new products, the better. Is there a process to help identify that? Like, Do you survey your customers to find out what they want? Or how do you, I guess, find, you know, which one would be the best fit first? Yeah, so... How we do it is any, anybody who purchases from us, we put them into a Facebook group, and then we curate that Facebook group. It also builds the brand, it builds a community, and that's a big asset. I think we're at like 40,000 people right now in our Facebook group. It's called Best Self Alliance. And what we can do is ask people, hey, what would you think if we launched something like this? Uh, get customer feedback, find out what problems they're facing right now. But what's really cool about this group They'll come to us and say, hey, I'm using this product right now. It's good. It's okay, and I really like it, but I love your guys' brand so much more, and I know how you develop products and how you you serve your customers. Can you make something like this just better? So now they're giving us ideas on how, on what products launch. Right. Yeah. No, that, that's so valuable to leverage and listen to your customers because they'll tell you their problems and their challenges and their goals and, and what they want, and it's essentially just giving them what they want, and they line up to buy it, and... I've also found from that too, I like to involve people in the creation process of a product because then they feel invested and they supported it and they're more likely to you know, support it once it becomes available too. So Yeah, uh, so like uh, we just launched a, a Dawn app, which is an iOS app uh, that automatically schedules your to-do list on over your calendar for you so you know what you have to do every day um, systematically and there's like an, an algorithm that's used to do that. But we used our our current customer base to beta test that for us. Uh, It was our first real software product and we didn't want to launch it without testing it. And they gave us real feedback and they were ecstatic 
that they could use this clunky thing that didn't work in the beginning, but we fine-tuned it over time, and now they're, they're stoked. It's amazing. Yeah. So uh, just a few more questions. Um, do you mind sharing anything around productivity? Um, you know, so, you know, I recommend the self journal. We'll link to that as well as the app below. But anything just around people that are entrepreneurs, people that are watching this to be more productive. Anything that you know your products help with, or things that you've learned? Yeah. So uh, the first thing is being really intentional with your time. So if you could block out your day in thirty minute segments, and then schedule where all your meetings are, schedule where uh, whether you're traveling that day, or maybe you have an appointment or a haircut or something like that. Schedule that in and the time that it takes to get to that appointment. Then you can see all of this white space. And it's like, oh, wow, I actually have a two-hour window between this thing and this thing when normally you'd probably just drift on by. But now that you can see it right in front of you, now you can slot in important tasks in there or things that you need to get done. And you will accomplish more in a day if you start doing that and being really intentional with your time and not have any white space. More in a day than people get done in a week. So that's number one. Number two, during your weekly schedule, I suggest um, theming your days. So for example, Mondays are creativity days for me. Tuesdays are call days, but with a focus on product development. Wednesdays are also free. Thursdays for me are call days, but with a focus on marketing. And then Fridays are weekly calls with the team to recap and go over KPIs and status reports and everything like that, just to do a recap of the week so we can leverage what we've done the week before uh, or into the new week. And uh, just being theming your days or theming your weeks like that, the days of the week, uh, really helps. Yeah. You know, I think just what you, you know, just the focus seems to be being proactive versus reactive because that's, you know, a lot of people, they wake up and they're just reacting to everything else throughout the day. But what you're saying is just planning your week, planning your days, being proactive like that, you're going to get so much more. So totally agree with that. Um, I guess the last question is just any mindsets that have helped you to get to this point of where, you at, where you're at today? Mindsets. Um, I think the big, the big thing that I do on a daily basis that's my non-negotiable is meditation. So I have to meditate. Uh, I normally do about 25 minutes uh, every morning. I know that sounds like a lot for some people. Uh, but even if, if, even if you just take five minutes just to sit and just focus or fo- focus on your breathing and don't worry about thoughts coming in and out, um, you will see such a dramatic and positive change over time that compounds on on everything that, that you do throughout the, throughout the rest of the day. You're just more centered, more focused. Um, I think that's the biggest mindset thing that I do for myself, um, um, at least today. Early on, there was a lot of mindset stuff that I did yeah. in order to get out of my own way and to be, uh, to be able to handle the growth that the business was, uh, was scaling at. Um, it's really important to make sure that you're able to handle that growth because the business will just crush you because you wouldn't be able to hold all that. So the, the more that you can do to uh, expand your container of what, what you can uh, grasp, hold, um, and undertake, because there's more challenges that are going to happen with business as you grow and scale it, I think the, the better you're at. Yeah, no, I, I can attest to the meditation just because, you know, we all have fears and doubts and thoughts and overthinking and stresses and 
a zillion things taking up our time that as an entrepreneur, you got to calm the mind and have that, that inner peace and just to, I guess, make you more relaxed throughout the day. So I totally agree with that. Um, awesome, man. I really appreciate it. How can people find out more about you and what you're up to? Uh, just head to my website, alanbrower.com. You can find me on uh, social channels there. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, man. Thank really appreciate it. Thank you guys for watching this. If you guys enjoyed it, give this a thumbs up. Subscribe for more videos like this and check out Alan, his incredible work, his website. We'll link all of that below for you guys as well. So thank you guys and we'll see you in the next video. Thanks for joining me today and listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or received any value, then I'd love for you to leave an honest review on iTunes and subscribe to the Project Life Mastery podcast for future episodes. And of course, to receive more content and value, make sure to find and follow me at www.projectlifemastery.com for more. Thanks again. Remember to always believe and commit your life to mastery. I look forward to talking to you again soon. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.